welcome to the Roseborg podcast. I am your number one host, Sarah Rowe. My number two host <laughs> is Tony Sang San Sangelosi. Sangelosi. This is the Sarah. This is literally the tenth time. It's so hard. How do you think I feel? It took me until I was thirteen years old to learn how to spell my own last name, but I made it through. I can say it. All my other friends can say it. But uh, yeah, number ten. Did you think we would make? Yeah, yeah. This is uh, we're releasing a uh, ten episodes at once, and this will be our final. We have a grand finale for everyone, so I'm excited uh, for that. So, hey, real quick, just just like we always do, tell me a little bit about your week. Anything exciting happen? Um, so don't sleep. So that's cool. Um, mom life kicks you in the dick. So yeah. that's also cool. Um, I've just been coaching and farming. Uh, one of my cows had a calf. Uh, its oh. name is Ushi. Ushi, you keeping? Ushi keeping is cow in Japanese. She's a heifer, which means she's a lady cow. So we can't keep her because her dad oh. will breed her because animals Ollie. don't care. Dang man. Yeah, so we'll we'll probably we wean in nine months, so we'll keep her for about nine months. But she's like a pretty, real pretty dark red. I'm sad that um we can't keep her. She's she's beautiful. She she's a color we don't have. Like we don't have yeah. a dark red Highland. Dang. Well, you could just keep her and get rid of the dad. Get I love Holly though. He's our sire. I can't get rid of my yeah, sire. He, he's pretty. Weren't sick. you originally going to eat him? Yeah, but thanks, thanks. We're just gonna eat his sons now. <laughs> You so, haven't been no, introduced yet. Be quiet. We don't even. No, nobody even knows who not. this is yet. Oh, sorry, sorry. Ghost voice. God is telling me to, uh, to keep Just her and sell my sire. Let it be. Has to be that voice. Yeah. How about you, Tony? Make um, it quick. Yeah. So real quick. Uh, super excited. I got one of my students has his first mixed martial arts fight on Saturday. So super excited about that. Uh, oh hell yeah. He's uh, been training a while now. Super proud of him. Uh, we're, he's ready. Hope he doesn't oh, suck. No, I mean, we get, we're doing good so far. So uh, I'm, I'm proud of him. He's going to do well either way. Uh, but um, I'm ready to throw up for him because, you know, I don't know. When they get in there, they, you know, it, it makes my stomach sick for them. Just It's just like your kid, you know. You put a bunch of time in and you, you hope they do well and you're nervous for them. And, uh, but other than that, uh, aero business is going good um we might even have some some more exciting news coming up so i'm excited about that too but we will talk about that later um but yeah that's about it so without further ado go ahead sarah i'm excited ladies and gentlemen children of all ages or people of all ages i would like to introduce you to the baddest woman alive rhonda freaking rousey how are you rhonda oh after our intro like that i'm fantastic so happy to be here. Sarah, so nice to see you. I'm glad that uh, Tony you came on, even Tony though I can't touch Tony. Oh, you're so close. Keep San going. Gel- Gelosi. No, there's no H in there. I just said spaghetti. There's no H. I said Gelosi. No, you said she. Sangelosi. Well, I heard um, it. I, Ron, I'll play this sorry. Back. I will For play the this person back. that suffers from phantom H's. <laughs> I very much apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but hello i, I have a real age people don't give me my age so maybe people still say it without the age constantly Ooh. i think you might be in my phone without it see oh I my gosh Rhonda. How long have we known each other? that will make me see. so happy prove it too no no you have the don't age you have the age on the phone you have the age <sighs> that's when you know those of you right. just listening i did a celebratory celebrate celebrate celebratory oh, here we go. Arm. Here we go. What, <laughs> what did you say on the first episode what was it 
It, uh, I have no idea. I say a lot of things. Yeah. I'll be using words and raise like, that doesn't mean, so like exacerbate, for instance, to exacerbate something just to make it worse. For a long time, I thought it just meant to make it more. Yeah. Oh, man. So I, I was using it since dude. I was like in the middle school in the wrong in place. And raised like, baby, that, that that doesn't mean what you think it means. The word like, I think it's awesome you're using a big word, but it's not. And I was like, damn it. The word you tried to say the first episode was something like the introductory or it was the there was some type of word like that. Like this is the blah, blah, blah episode. Oh, inaugural. Inaug- there you go. <laughs> inaugural. I used to think apprehensious was a word. Apprehensious. That's way, that's, that's a whole lot of uh, scrabble points there with that. Yeah. <laughs> after like I won the Olympic trials at 17, I had to do like an interview and they're like, how are you feeling beforehand? I was like, it's pretty apprehensious. <laughs> I was just ask like you that in a sentence, but that was I mean, it, yeah, that's like a mix between apprehensive and anxious, apparently. You just apprehensive rolling after something. Like, like I just that, created right? that word when I became a part of the Olympics. So say something me. now. Say something now. So Rhonda, let's uh let's stop talking about my grammar skills. Snapping. Yeah. Trav is getting the update. It's Sarah, I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. But there, there's like Trav walks in and there's always the, the update of like, where's the baby? Is she alive? Is anyone <laughs> keeping it up? Why is she not with you? Yes. Yeah. She's not with you. Is someone watching here? What, what is going on? What's the situation with the small human? Um, Cash just yeah. started signing for milk, like hard. He does this now for milk and awesome. Ray, he'll be with Ray and I won't be around. And he's like, milk, dad, milk. And Ray's like, my nipples are worthless. I don't know. They what don't, to do do <laughs> don't do anything. So, hey, let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, there's anybody who listens knows Ronda Rousey, right? They they could probably recite everything that you've done. But let's talk about what you're doing now. Uh, something that I uh, that I like to watch is uh, Rousey Acres. So can you tell us a little bit about how that started or where that came from? Um, wow. Browsey Acres is <clears throat> Browsey is the the mixing of Brown and Rousey into yeah. one thing and um, a celebrity name, right? I guess so. But uh, I, I like to think of it as it is like the fusion of like, this is something that only would have happened with me and Trav combined. We never would have done it alone. That's cool. Um, so I was into like doomsday prepping and stuff like that. And Travis oh, yeah. into like hunting and survival. Yeah. And so with our powers combined, we're like, we need to be a hundred percent sustainable off the grid, like all this stuff, you know, self-sufficient on our food or water all these things so um travis hunt all the time i mean still hunts but um baby gets in the way a lot it was uh not all of us have deer in the backyard but (laughs) Mm -hmm. we we would do it a lot more if we did um but uh so we were like all right let's try and like raise an animal for what if you know you can't go hunting we're not exactly in in an area you get to travel to hunt so we're mm-hmm. like, we should just have our own food here. So we were like, all right, let's get a cow. And then Trav was doing the research. Like, what's the best cow? And he's like, oh, it's the full blood Japanese black wagyu is what we thought was fancy, best. fancy, fancy, yeah. fancy for health reasons and mm-hmm. taste and all of these things. How oh, does that taste? Um, oh my God. Yeah. They, they, they created the word umami to describe it. It is a taste, like an extra taste besides salt and sweet and sour. It's umami. Um, But uh, for all the health benefits and everything. And so it's really hard to find just one full blood Wagyu. Mm. Um, 
there's only like a couple of thousand like how many wagyu are there in the u.s babe like full blood there's only like five thousand in all of the u.s whenever you're buying like wagyu from a restaurant it's very most likely uh half angus half wagyu which can be sold as wagyu oh yeah yeah when you told me they have only have to have that like 50 50 split I was like, yeah. I was like, this is why I don't trust labels. Is that like mm-hmm. the grass-fed grass finish, like versus the grass-fed grain finish? Well, yeah, right like there? it's 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 grass-fed grass finish or 100 grass-fed versus grain. anyone can say grass-fed because all all cows eat grass at some yeah. point in their lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's yeah, it's kind of the the labeling crisis. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's difference between <clears throat> pure blood and full blood and all these different things. So full blood are the ones that are a hundred percent Wagyu. So we found uh, Kobe through our now partners up in uh, Browsy Acres, Oregon. And we fed him out for about a year. And uh, we gave him like a mix of uh, grass and like a four-way grain with like molasses and stuff in it. Um, And we became so attached to him as Sarah oh, no. can attest to that. She mm-hmm. was telling me when she originally started raising cows that um, they, you guys were going to harvest the father every year, bring a new father in. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you get attached to these animals. They're individuals, they have personality yeah. and you want to give them like they're, they're sacrificing their life to feed your family. You want to give them everything. I don't want them to yeah. live their life with me, you know, trying to emotionally detach myself from, from it. Cause I know yeah. like it's going to come a day where we're going to have to, um, you know, take its life. The Rose Bork podcast is brought to you by Rose Bork where family, farm and fitness all come first. Make sure you join our email list for the most up-to-date, exclusive content. The link to this list is in the description. Also, we would greatly appreciate it if you gave us a follow, shared our story, and left an honest review. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the podcast. So we gave him all the love that we, we could and like made him as happy as he could. we could hear and everything. And when it came the day to harvest them, we were like, I, I, we didn't think we could ever do it again. Oh no. It was that, 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 it was instant for him, but it was really difficult for us because he, I mean, he would follow us like a dog. He loved cats. He loves hugs. Um, you massaged him all the time. Like we massaged him all the time. We would spray him down for flies. Like we, we knew his little habits and like the things that he likes to do this in the afternoon. He likes to do this in the evening. He likes to do this in the morning. And, um, we were really thinking we're never going to do this again until we had to cook the, um, what was it, babe? It was like a flank steak or something. It was something that the hanger steak, uh, because we were going to dry age them. And honestly, I had one bite of hanger steak and it, it changed my life. I've never eaten anything like that. We are by no means like top chefs around here. I've eaten at every five-star restaurant, like the nicest places you could possibly have. And it was the greatest thing that I ever tasted in my life. That's amazing. Uh, we didn't season it like nothing. Did it make you emotional because like of the story of like the story past with, with, with the cow and then you finally eating it and it's just so beautiful. Like every, all your hard work, like. At the CSA, I have goosebumps yeah. talking about it still. And awesome. we have a European mount of Kobe overlooking like our oh. dinner table. And we, uh, we got a rug. 
weed out of his hide for like Poe to learn to crawl on. And you know, yeah. we, we don't want to waste anything. And um, like we ate every single little bit of the animal. And after we had that first bite, Trav made the call immediately is like, how can we get another one? And then we got Porter, uh, who is uh, Kobe's, who was Kobe's nephew. Oh, cool. And so then we started raising him and Porter was my, my special boy. Um, and uh, because I, I just stopped WWE to, to like get pregnant and, you know, put family first and all of that when we got Porter and he was like kind of in a smaller area. He didn't have as much area back then. Now we have like four acres for them. By the time he had kind of like a smaller pen. And so like every day, twice a day, I would go out and put diatomaceous earth on his poops <laughs> because there were so many flies and I would spray him down with this organic fly spray like twice a day, like give him like a, the spa treatment twice yeah. a day. And he was like my, my buddy and he would get like super jealous of anyone. If I was petting anyone else, like he would love it. If he just like scratched the hell out of him, he would like, yeah, personalities and, like that. Oh my God. And my, my special, special boy. And knowing that the day was going to come that we were going to have to harvest them. And, and in this whole process, it became something that we really wanted to share with people because at first it became something about like us that, okay, we want to be self-sustaining. We want to know where our food's coming from, you know? And then as time went on, it became more and more about them and mm. realizing what the quality of life does for the quality of meat that our family is getting. It's not just about the genetic. It's not just about the feed. It, it's about the kind of life that animal had. Absolutely. And, yep. and, and then it's just a, like a little different way to, to raise them. Like, um, well, we're like doing all kinds of research about like how like some of the top places in Japan that raise like the A5, like super marbled hundred dollars an ounce kind of wagyu. Right. Um, they'll keep them like in a smaller area where they can like comfortably get up and lay down. They can't like run or walk anywhere. Um, people are constantly cleaning their bedding. It's super clean. They, they're not, you know, they, they're in a shaded area. There's fans on them. And they're kept very, very sedentary and very comfortable. And um, it, it gets them the result that they want, which is that marbling. But I feel like we kind of stumbled upon something where like, it's not, uh, it kind of reminds me of, you remember like red delicious apples? Mm -hmm. They used to taste fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. and, but now they taste like shit. Yeah. Because everyone was like, when they were selecting them to grow them, it was all about the look. How big can we get them? How red can yeah. we get them? And people stopped thinking about really the taste. I think Quality, in, yeah. All in, red, in, no delicious. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. those people start thinking like they, they aim for those quantifiable things of we want this Mass much production. marbling. We want this much tenderness and everything like that. And uh, like the taste is something unquantifiable. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we, we stumbled upon something that the, the taste is just unreal with the animals that we finished out here. And um and, and like the more that we got to know them, the more that we wanted to be involved. Like Porter was so fat. <laughs> he was so fat. He was like getting nominated at the end. And it would be 110 degrees outside. He would have all the shade, all the cool areas he'd want. He would lay right in the sunlight in like bleaching his black fur blonde. We call them, we start calling them browsy blondes, browsy acres blonde. 
because like all the animals that are raised down here get really, really extra chunky and they love the sun. They'll like lay in it and, um, and they have like enough freedom to like make decisions. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. go do things. They don't have like, to lay in the sun. Yeah. Right. Or exactly. Like a small space. Yeah. It's not just, I just get up and I lay down and this is what I do. Mm. Or, you know, they're just in a big empty field and there's not much to do. Like, it's just kind of cool to see that they, they all have their own thing of some of them get up and they eat in their little room. Like we feed them all separately. So they're not competing for what they eat. And we also can kind of keep an eye on like, oh, so-and-so didn't have as much of an appetite today. Let's keep an eye on them or let's, mm -hmm. let's uh, give them a little bit less grain because uh, you know, he hasn't been touching his grain. You might have an upset stomach. It kind of keep, allows us to keep an eye on him. Like T-Bone, for example, every day after we let him out, he goes straight for the salt block and he has like a little, a little salt and a little drink to go along with his <laughs> breakfast. And then like uh, Myrtle and Bonsai oh, go punch. immediately to the left, everybody else's leftovers and wants to eat their leftovers and things like that. And then after they kind of do that, then they like, all right, let's go into their, our our sunny area and they'll get their morning sun and like, okay, it's going to hot. Let's go into the dappled sunlight over here. And then like this kind of have their different spots. They're at different times in the day. And it's just, and they never like there's water everywhere. They never have to walk very far for water. So like we keep, them, we keep them sedentary though. Like they have enough room to run. They have enough room to, to walk and go and do things, but it's everything is something that they decide not that they have to do. They don't have to go yeah. a long way for water. <laughs> The Roseborg Podcast is brought to you by 330 Archery. 330 Archery specializes in handcrafting arrows designed for you and your bow. The special care guarantees that your arrow will not let you down when you need it most. Perfection is their obsession. Perfection is 330 Archery. There's water pretty much like, like amusement parks where they put like trash cans everywhere. Like you have no excuse not to like to throw your yeah, trash right. on the ground. There's a trash can everywhere. <laughs> like there's water everywhere. So they don't have to walk a long way for that. They have more than enough food and it's like in their pen. So literally they just go and do what they feel like doing. And they have like friends and the ones that we harvest, you know, will like, like T-bone and zing are probably going to be harvested around the same time. Myrtle and Bonsai, I call them forever friends because Myrtle, I was like, we can't have Myrtle and then like be harvesting everybody else. Like she has no permanence in her life. Like she's going to have issues. She'll never want to make friends with anyone. So that's how we got Bonsai. Oh, friends can put you. So cool. Yeah, to be her forever friend. Yeah, yeah. And then like, um, like we just had um, Orin, Tyron and Tell that we just harvested. They were like a trio and you know, we harvested them all together. So none of them had to like be without, we just don't want so them cool. to be like emotionally uncomfortable. Yeah. We don't want them to be physically uncomfortable, but you know, um, we're just- and Cows are herd animals. So if you don't have them with another cow, like I know people do it all the time, but like when I bought the Jersey cow that I couldn't just buy one, sure. exactly. they, they need a friend. They need someone yes. that's like them, you know? But like, I feel like- I spend a lot more time thinking about their emotional well-being than like the normal, motherly of you. I yeah, the normal cow person. Role, I bet you that yeah. plays a big role in their uh in their quality. Like if you right? talk to plants, yep. yeah. yeah. You say nice things to the plants, they're real good. <laughs> yeah. Rhonda, I, but, I mean, the quality of life affects the quality of meat. And it's not like quantifiable in math or something. 
like that you can't like statistically put it together yeah, yeah, right. but like we can tell there's a difference and we're trying to like educate the consumer yeah. to be like hey if this animal was happy and had a great life you will be healthier and enjoy it more when you eat it yeah. yep so that's kind of that my my very short and non-linear <laughs> spiel about like what what I really love about it is just trying to like go down there and like make their day better, and um, you know like that you're dying to feed my family. Like, what do you need? Do you, you want me to rub yeah, your yeah, head? Yeah, do you want me to? Sure. You want all sure. the waters anywhere? Do you want like all of the sunlight options? Do you want a pasture? I'll I'll plant a pasture. You want molasses? <laughs> Your, you're like you a need? grandma like, yeah pretty like, much you need this, you need this. yeah <laughs> hey, question though so if you had to if you had to guess 10 years ago that you would be a farmer now is that did you see ever see that like growing up like that's a that's a goal of mine to have a farm um it wasn't like no no it wasn't a, a goal but um 10 years ago like what do i know what i want to want in um, 10 years I, you know what i mean I so much is happening i want to break to arms that is yeah your that's yeah. like another person ago so i'm not gonna there, there's very few things that i was right off the bat do like, not do that yeah yeah start with things that are manageable if you're like in a, an apartment you could do like bukashi composting that like ferments stuff and you could like stick it in a sealed bucket and like i i would just say start anywhere with what you could do in the situation you're in now like don't wait until you get land to get started sure figure out what you could do like in your house apartment situation right now and that composting is a great started. idea yeah yeah because yeah. everyone has trash compost. yep what you it's, need it's and then when you get that. chickens you'll no longer have a compost because you're yeah, right. fucking everything <laughs> so it's funny she said that sarah because when we were talking to aust he said the same thing right so start learning some of the skills right now right so whether it be you know when i come over to your house you know learning some of those skills that you know that you guys you know do uh but mm -hmm. it, it would it's similar similar advice that's I'm, ha I'm happy to hear that that's uh you know that's going to be the right direction so yeah, so yeah let's, chickens let's, i think are easy go ahead let's go over to to backlash you got a major pay-per-view coming up here soon uh, uh, I heard I heard some few choice words. We had to calm her down before we started this podcast. Lower the volume. <laughs> oh God, what what was it? You feel back and lashed or lashed on your back? Oh, WrestleMania backlash. Make sure In you say world. WrestleMania first because this is the consequences <laughs> of your for what happens at WrestleMania. <laughs> for every action, there is a reaction. For Double every dynamic. lash, there is a backlash. <laughs> a forward lash. You're getting lashed back God, lash. because of things that happened at WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair, you fucking... You dirty dog. You dirty dog. <laughs> having out. Not winning clean and shit. This time. <laughs> this time. A little carpet in there? nothing. This time. <laughs> top um, all. You can bring your top dancing shoes. You can bring your top dancing <laughs> shoes. <laughs> I'm going home with your arm and I'm sticking it in a pot. And I'm going to put some dirt it. on it. And I'm going to take my coffee grounds from my espressos and put it on top of that pot to make sure it grows real, real nice. <laughs> to an arm tree. And that way, whenever I want to break arms, I can just walk it into my backyard and snap some arms off of that arm. Yeah. And I could break Charlotte Flair's arm every day. But the first day, 
because I'm going to do it. It's a WrestleMania backlash May 8th. Ladies and gentlemen, let's do this shit. May 8th, backlash. <laughs> be there. Be square. Be backlash. It's not Peacock. <laughs> Peacock's Peacock. not like, help! <laughs> I actually enjoy Peacock because the office is on there. And and yeah. all the rest of all all of WrestleMania's pay views, all of WWE's pay views are also on Peacock. Hmm. Peacock's where it's at right now. It is Yellowstone. Pop. Some of Yellowstone's on Peacock. Oh really? I yeah, I think that. they have. It's like half Peacock, half Paramount Plus. Do you watch? Do you watch Yellowstone? I've watched. Crab does. I loves it. I've watched. I, everybody I talk to has is obsessed with the show i've watched one episode me and my wife we're always like let's let's watch a show together yeah and then we pick a show and then i'll wa- we'll watch one episode and then the next one will come on and she'll fall asleep and then we'll try the next night and like uh, like an hour long though yeah we it, just can't watch shows together. it made ray buy a cowboy hat so i'm mad at that because <laughs> he can't find one that's big enough for his head though we might have to go get like a custom custom made one oh. tried a hat stretcher and it just ain't ain't doing it that's a thing they have a hat yeah if you got yeah ray has a hat stretcher so every hat he gets he has to like put it in there and and get it because his head is real wide this way like you just need to start a business called big head paraphernalia (laughs) like everything for for big head you got big hats you got big glasses got big gloves yeah you got big headphones you say gloves gloves don't go on your freaking head you idiot no but (laughs) bigger extremities Uh, i mean i I was going real niche on the big head but but, i mean it could be big i'm trying to expand you know big pair big big man paraphernalia (laughs) yeah all the things that you need for big heads do they i like it so does he have a special hat that he likes to wear? Like, is there a certain style that he likes? So he can buy these military style hats off of uh, this one store, but it's the only hat he can wear. They're like stretchy like a military, a like a, Yeah, stretchy, yeah, of course. Hmm. Trav has that problem with glasses. There's only one pair of sunglasses that ever fit him, and then they like stopped making them, so he like bought all of them in existence, and he's slowly making his way through them. <laughs> and then when he's out, I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe you guys can team up here, you know, with the glasses and the hat thing. That might yeah, be it's all head stuff. Uh, yeah, give me a call. <laughs> so, Ron, I want to talk to you about. We have very different farms, right? Like very different. I have a, I don't know, a feral farm. Like we just let the cows do whatever, and we just <laughs> feed them green stuff, and then you know, harvest them. But I wanted to. You mentioned that wagyu is for the nutritional value. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never looked into the why Wagyu meat is nutritionally better than, you know, other cows. Like, why why did you guys nutritionally get the Wagyu? Um, well, Trav has this down better than I do, but uh, it's really like, it's got, it's really hard, high in monounsaturated fat and monounsaturated okay. fatty acids. Mm-hmm. And um, the fat in the meat um is what really gives it that umami flavor it's like chemically different than other cows okay. uh for one it's like intermuscular fat so that's like one reason why it's so marbled um but because of like the composition of it it has a lower melting point than like your body temperature so when you eat it it literally like melts in your mouth where like oh. some other fat you would like chew it you yeah. know yeah, it's yeah. chewy this mat this fat melts Whoa. and it is like drink it Mm, yeah and it's really really good for you like even our our boys were eating it 
we're eating Kobe when we first uh, harvest them and they kept asking if there was butter on the meat. We're like, no, it's no butter. It's just some salt and pepper. Cow is butter. Just that's yeah, they would call it butter beef. And um, I mean, health-wise, it's great. Taste-wise, it's great. And it's like what makes it healthy is what what makes it taste great. And so yeah. the more you you bring those factors out, the better it is for you. So I don't eat any kind of red meat that we don't raise now. And um, yeah, it tastes different, right? Like so different. Mm -hmm. Like if you're used to a certain level, like I, I find that when I, you know, I don't travel as much, you know, not nearly as much as you do now, but I, I find when I do travel, I'm like fed, but I'm not like nourished if I don't bring my own Mm -hmm. food. Yeah. Like sure. I'll be full and like, but I wake up and I'm immediately hungry when I wake up. Like I can't get enough to eat, especially breastfeeding. Like forget about it. Can't get enough to eat. Yeah. Especially like you go ahead. And if, if I'm home and I'm eating the foods that I'm growing here, mm-hmm. I, I'm s- satiated for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, it, became, it started when I was pregnant that I couldn't smell any kind of like beef from the store or anything getting cooked would make me want to barf. Mm-hmm. But our, our meat was fine. We were eating, I was eating Bavette while I was pregnant with Paul. And then like right mm-hmm. before uh, we harvested Porter right before he was he she was born and so like as i was breastfeeding she was exclusively living off of me i was pretty much just eating porter mm-hmm. and <clears throat> i was never really able to eat anything really fatty like that and um but it's just it it's so fatty but it's like i i feel good afterward you know a lot of times after you eat you're just like oh heavy like, yeah yeah i'll eat so much and feel awesome and honestly even like the fat on my lips it's like it's like almost like chapstick like i'll, I'll be like wow this feels fantastic so <laughs> i know I'm, I'm so moisturized by this taco <laughs> hey so layman question real quick so since yeah. both of you guys kind of um we'll just say very knowledgeable when it comes to meat Let's let's just say yeah, if, if somebody. Oh my god! There's, there's just, plenty of people that know more, but we're, right. we're, well, I'm an we're, enthusiast. Okay, say. we're we're we have two experts right now okay. on the on the on the horn. So let's just say, because I know what the answer is going to be, that there is no local farms around you. Okay, and you're forced to go to uh, a grocery store to buy meat. What is, I'm assuming the meat that you guys raise versus what is in a grocery store probably has some type of difference in looks, but what would you look at on a cut to say, you know what, this is worthy of buying or, oh, I'm not going to buy this because of blah, blah, blah. Can you tell like good meat versus bad meat just on looks? I mean, I really feel like you can't tell unless you taste it. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, like. Like color de- tint difference or anything so like that? Definitely like the dark, like you, you'll see like if, if the meat looks like white and pasty, like pork, for instance, pork should be a dark color. It shouldn't, it's not the new white meat, like properly raised pork is a dark color. So like what I would look for in like a big box store, because you can't trust the labels. Po, po is here. <gasps> you just woke up from her now. <laughs> Hi, Auntie. So I, didn't want to, I didn't want to uh, interrupt. But. You guys have the same eyes, like the same like oval shape of your yeah. eyes. Oh, and she's got the same brows. Got the eyebrows. She just <laughs> rousy brows. Again. Rousy brows. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Yeah, I oh, would. I would just look. I would try to get because you need fat to properly digest and absorb all your nutrients. I would try to get a fatty steak, but then again, you're like animals store all the garbage they eat if they're eating garbage and they're fat so like uh like that's your own risk too so sure. yeah so like the that's exactly it like 
just fat content or whatever. And then, and every animal's an individual, you know, like you can't just say like, Oh, like make Blake blanket claims, I guess, because oh, like okay. gotcha. when we harvested Kobe as post Porter, it, it was a lot different. Like Kobe was kind of like a redder and it was a little bit lighter and had like less marbling in it, but like mm-hmm. Porter had way more marbling, but he, he was almost like magenta, the actual meat. Whoa. Like it, yeah, it was completely different. And whereas like uh, Kobe had amazing ribeyes, Porter has the best New Yorks I've ever had in my life. And like, Weird. you really, if you don't know where it comes from, like that, I, I don't eat meat from the store anymore. If I, if I don't know the kind of life that animal had, I'm not going to put it in my mouth. Um, and that just kind of goes through like, you know, uh, like wine. If you don't know, like if you, you could, anything's a Pinot Noir, but like, it, the vineyard is what makes it a good wine sure yeah yeah, you know? for sure, yeah. so you could say yeah this is a wagyu or this is a highland but it could be from somewhere that's not raising their animals right and it'd be yeah. completely different from somewhere that like really takes it yeah it's like on the, the, on the grass-fed side like you'll get if you go to the store and get like a grass-fed if you're lucky grass-finished beef it is like super small because they will like a grass-fed grass-finished cow takes at least two and a half, three years to finish, right? Oh, wow. Grain-fed cows do not take that long. They just don't, like in, mo- in most cases. Them, if, you had to, if you had to put a uh, like Like a typical Angus farm, they're butchering in like 18 months. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's Angus a big difference. Yeah, Angus, like, Angus grows super fast. So like the Highlands, like if if you go to a store and it's grass-fed, grass-finished, the steak's probably gonna be like this big because they butchered mm. that cow way before it was supposed to be butchered. Mm. Because, and it's like, you can't fault them for it because it's like, that's how people have to make money. Like me and Rhonda make food, not with money in mind. And right. that yeah. is, that's a great point. It is so it's freeing and liberating. But like, if I was trying to make money, I don't know if I'd raise cows this way that yeah. I'm doing. I don't know if there's around me. If I mean, hopefully there's a market for it, but. I mean, if I think it's a lot of it is educating the consumer. So they yeah. demand those kind of things. Yeah. But like, if I didn't have this kind of like capital to invest in like our property up in Oregon and we, we got this land that kind of neglected for years and putting in all of the infrastructure to make it into like a regenerative uh, farm, That's you know? Cool. So we're actually awesome. we're sequestering carbon and building the soil. Cows and- heal land not Cows heal land exactly and like being able to like sustainably um like capture our water and different kinds things uh-huh. like that like that that takes a lot of like okay i need to be able to do all these different kinds of fencing and especially if it's different if you let the animals have a run of the whole area as opposed to you rotationally graze them you yeah, need yeah, we have, electric yeah. fence that you need to move. You need a labor, someone to move them. You need, if mm-hmm. you want to have supplemental feed, you need someone to do that. You need someone to move their water. You need someone to move uh, their shade and, and things like that. And so you guys you, use you the Gallagher fences? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just got like six shot. Gallagher temporary fences to rotationally graze my cows. Oh, awesome. It's so fun, but yeah, I think that, um, and also like the watering system, we're getting into like canines that um, are more efficient with water. That's a, mm-hmm. a system that they use like in New Zealand and stuff like that. And so we got to then educate ourselves and all of that and find out like who sells canine stuff in <laughs> Oregon and trying to find that. And I think, uh, you know, we're not held back by 
you know, traditional ways of thinking because we're new to this, but, you know, we also have so much to learn and we're very fortunate in that, uh, like we said, like what Sarah said that like making money on it right away, isn't the priority. Sure. So I'm trying to kind of like make all of the mistakes and kind of figure out and streamline our process. So then we could be like, Hey, if anybody else wants to do this, we wasted a bunch of money doing X, Y, and Z. Don't do that. And you don't have to do that. Like yeah. this is the, you know, more efficient way that you could do it. And we kind of like want to make it seem a lot more attainable for people like yourself that want to get into farming, but feel like intimidated by how much there is to it. Yeah. And cause it's a big risk. So because I can afford to financially take that risk, um, I'm, I'm kind of trying to do that for everybody You're else. You're bearing so that kind of figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So Rod, yeah. I want to ask you one last question. Um, we always ask this at the end of the podcast. Um, this can be about farming or whatever. Um, if you could give someone one piece of advice to live like a healthier life, what would it be? Ooh, just one. One. Eat. Okay. I don't think you're going to like this one. I don't care if it doesn't matter if I like it. Someone okay. probably will like it. <laughs> I had, First one. I had a lot of problem with like eating disorders when I was younger. I was making weight at a really young age and I had a really unhealthy relationship <sighs> with food. And I associated feeling full with feeling guilty and kind of felt like I had no like self-discipline or I, I couldn't control myself. It became like, all I thought about all day was how can I eat as much as possible while still losing weight today? And what helped me completely change my relationship with food is I went vegan for eight months and I allowed myself to eat as much food as I wanted, as long as it was vegan. And mm -hmm. so it kind of like taught me to be able to control what I eat. And it also kind of allowed me to get over that obsession with eating as much as possible. So I allowed my, I didn't care what my weight was. I didn't look at my weight the whole time. And I ate as much as I wanted at any time. I gained some weight. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we're gaining. Yeah, my fine. vegan diet was like sweet potato fries and Jameson and, you know. <laughs> I was smoking cigarettes at the time, camels. You don't have to be a healthy vegan, okay? Yeah, just, yeah. And Oreos are vegan if we're being completely just honest. Just give yourself like, some rules. Well, yeah, Miracle Whip, that shit's vegan. Yeah. Whole Foods has a great vegan apple pie that you can have with, uh, with like soy ice cream. But just like getting practice, being able to like keep myself within limits. And I kind of like stopped romanticizing the idea of eating as much as possible mm -hmm. and just being able to eat. And it stopped being like a focus on like on my day, you know, it used to be that I would carry a scale around like a chain on my ankle all day long. Yeah. And it was always like in the back of my head, like what can I eat? What can I eat? What can I eat? And once I kind of just allowed myself to go nuts, but within like certain parameters, mm -hmm. when I stopped being vegan, I, the way I saw food was totally different. And I would just, That's forget, awesome. I would forget about it. You know, I wouldn't yeah. constantly be like, Oh, what can I eat? What can I eat? What can I eat? It, it would be, I would have, be and going on my day. I'm like, Oh yeah, I should eat something. And it wasn't like my entire focus in life. So if you're having, I would say for anybody that feels like they have an unhealthy relationship with food and they have like trouble with their own self-discipline or whatever, just go vegan for a while and allow yourself to, to eat and not feel bad. And, um, when you feel like it's 
you're not being, you know, it's not taking up so much of your mental space, then, then go back. That's awesome. I, I love that you like yeah. trusted your body enough to like, like, this is what you listen to your body. And this is like, this is what I need to do to kind of help me get over this mental hurdle. And you stuck with it. And I'm so happy to hear that you, you know, look at food differently. That's something, especially like growing up, something that is so like influential in your life. It's your inner voice when you grow up, you know? Mm. So I think yeah, it's, awesome. like said, it's mental. It's all, yeah. it's, it's all mental. And that, that's what I needed to, to, to fix it was not, mm-hmm. I didn't need a new diet. I needed yeah. to like get over it. And um, you did the so, undiet. Did the undiet. Yeah. <laughs> Eat as much as you want. Just make sure it's vegan. <laughs> well, thank you so much, dude. I I don't I we don't talk enough, but I always love talking to no. you. And I feel so my cup gets full when we talk. We have so many like interests and you have a beautiful family. And I'm happy that you're thriving. You really are. Okay. Oh, great. I love you. I'm so love glad. I'm so glad that you're fucking farming and the mama. We're like doing it. <laughs> we are. We're, we're doing the that. We weren't doing any of that shit. We were. Now we're like <laughs> both on this parallel journey. But yeah, you're like the like you were saying the like the the Highland the feral heritage, farmer. the feral farmer, and I'm like the let me all of our animals the exception of the cows get like a pedicure every month there's like a farrier that comes in the cows would straight kick me in the face i was like let me touch your toes (laughs) oh my god we literally like they all get mani pedis every month it's like the most spoiled bougie ass little farm (laughs) my cows will tolerate me if i have like alfalfa cubes and if i don't they're like like oh my god there's cows will kick my cows asses so, <laughs> my jersey cows though are pretty freaking mm. sweet you get they to love on them and rub them and rub their bellies and i'm not saying that they're they're mean i'm saying that like my cows are a bunch of spoiled bitches and uh, cows would like give them especially my my oldest <clears throat> cow she's like seven her name's pearl she's a savage mm. dude Everyone, when they come over, I'm like, hey, do you mind like locking up the chickens to like my neighbor or whatever? They're like, what's wrong with your white cow? <laughs> like, you'll like, you like click the chicken eggs and you'll turn around and she's like all white. So you can still see her in the pitch black. And she's just like right by your face. You're like, ah, <laughs> the ghost. Oh, ghost Carl. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap it on. up, Sarah. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Roseborg podcast. We appreciate it. Um, this is our, uh, this is our, um, it's a big one. The end of our first era. On to the second. Thank Next. you for letting me be your season one finale. Awesome. On to we'll, talking about cows. On to 11. Have a good day, ladies. Thank you. You too. Bye. The Rose Bork Podcast is brought to you by Rose Bork, where family, farm, and fitness all come first. Make sure you join our email list for the most up-to-date, exclusive content. The link to this list is in the description. Also, we would greatly appreciate it if you gave us a follow, shared our story, and left an honest review. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the podcast.